Welcome to Team Rabbitola Edition 224 with Thomas Arcuello, Indigenous Insight, Native Iroquois Indigenous Traveler Visionary. Join the team as we get to know Thomas, working with the EU and UN to promote Indigenous awareness and reunion with Native lands, medicine and story, spirit and wisdom. Happy trails. Well met, Thomas. Uh, hey, welcome, welcome. Skianon. How's it going, dude? Uh, so something we do at the beginning of these episodes is correspond the number to um, a major arcana of the tarot. So in this case, it would be 224, like 224 episode, which goes to 8, which is actually the strength card. It says, I face my fears with the strength of love and patience. Trust yourself. Let your inner endurance shine. Use your power to embrace the amazing person within. You have everything within you need to succeed. Raphael, what card do you have? We have number 38, the Angel of Ritual and Ceremony. Belonging to the virtues, Hamaya corresponds to the holy name of God, Agla, God in Trinity with the One. What matters is that this divine name helps to discover all the treasures and secrets of the earth. Reciting verse 9 of Psalm 90, 89 of the Christian Bible. Kabbalists say that this psalm protects against the spirits of ignorant primitives. It is God the hope of all which ends on earth. It belongs to the two of swords in the tarot and the affirmation is, I release my need for everything to be quote-unquote perfect and in perfect order all the time. Well, interesting, Thomas. I'm wondering what, if anything, resonated between the strength card and that angel. Yeah, you know, number eight, that's for us the tree, you know, the element of wood. Uh, now, this is seen in two different ways. You know, eight means the physical manifestation of the physical. Uh, so the you know the number eight was coming up all day by me and in our in our work today what we were doing is the number eight was showing up all day long so uh it if i look at eight as a normal number or if i took turn it on the side it's the infinity so it's also the cycle of life it's the manifestation of the spirit it's the manifestation of material and it's the creation in manifested form. That's what's up. Um, I find it ironic that little blip on that card, Raphael, obviously. I was like, what? Of all the cards? Um, so interesting there. But um, yeah, okay. So I have never talked to you. I don't know if Raphael has talked to you much. I do appreciate you coming on. I do apologize for being a little late. I was reading The Hobbit and finishing The Hobbit, if you've ever read that book. Oh, that's uh, necessary, man. Come on. that's you got to keep reading it. No, well, no I finished it. <laughs> I, but I, like, while I was finishing it, I looked down and I saw I had a missed call. And I was talking to my fiance. And I was like, hold on. Let me check this. And Raphael was like, we're here. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm late. Oh, my God. <laughs> So the Battle of the Five Armies, I got through it, but uh, you know we finished the book, and then here we are. So sorry for being a little late. I do apologize. Um, so Raphael, kind of enlighten me how you stumbled upon Thomas, uh, how you guys know each other, uh, if at all. We crashed right. in Vienna. <laughs> yeah, I guess. In Vienna. 
probably initially Vienna, then at Healing Roots Gathering, certainly as well. Organized. Oh, so you guys have Anker. met? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've met a few oh, that's times. Cool. For sure. That's cool. All right, cool. Because sometimes Raphael brings in straight cats where I'm like, I don't know if they know each other, but we like talking to all sorts of people. I haven't met every guest by any means. Um, so I'm glad. Yeah, I haven't even met Raphael. I was supposed to have flown right when COVID popped. Uh, to Vienna, but obviously the EU kind of blocked or shut down or whatever, so I didn't get that chance. But Raphael is cool, as you know. Um, what was what was your memory of meeting and kind of your interaction, Thomas? Uh, he's online, man. He's good. He's online. He's good. He's good. You know, he's online. He's he's uh, he's real. Yeah. It's nice trans. You know, it's a nice human. It's, he transmits good. I have no complaints myself. He's definitely a friend. Um, so what were you doing in Vienna? Uh, we were developing uh, we were developing the, uh, a thing called the Licht, the Light Anchor. Yeah. Licht Anchor. He's talked about and, that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Light Anchor. And, and what that really is, is our human body is the anchor. Yeah. So the whole thing has to do with human health, has to do with representation of the holistic medicine and the combination of holistic medicine with allopathy medicine. And uh, we were developing a homepage. Yeah. But that that's, it was only one part. It was, uh, I was doing my Kriya yoga, my Kriya yoga meditations, and I was working one-to-ones with the people, you know, doing one-to-one sessions, one-to-one meditations. And uh, we would, you know, we would set up a special atmosphere just, you know, when 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 Rafi would do his uh, his transmissions, you know, and uh, we had a good time. Sounds awesome. I'm glad you had the opportunity to travel. Uh, like we, you were telling us in the green room, you've done things, um, you know, with the EU, not only, mm-hmm. um, you know, North America kind of uh, awareness of native lands, but even you were putting it in a way that I hadn't thought of. But like, you know, I don't know if one would call them Germanic tribes or what, but it's like, you know, native Europeans um, re kind of. We don't use them. the word native anymore. We use the word indigenous. Indigenous. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. I'm going um, to tell you about that. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe that's as good a place to start. I am. Well, uh, can, do you want to talk about that now or do you want to, will we remember to talk about that later? Cause I do want to kind of get an idea of who you are, where you came from and all that jazz. And then we can kind of go into certain uh, topics. Which would you prefer to do? The right, biography? Go to, let, let's go to upstate New York. Okay. We go to upstate New York. This is where the Iroquois tribe is. Yeah. Go to upstate New York, and uh, it's a really, really old culture. All right. And the Iroquois were responsible for the work for for the they were they were the ones that set up the foundation for the U.S. Constitution. And uh, we've been working together with the Europeans since over five hundred years on the development of democracy. And, and and politics and and development of human civilization. So the European Union has always looked at us, you know, on on a higher level, you know, and uh, you know, in states, it's much different because we're confronted with uh, uh, we're confronted with the doctrine of discovery, and we don't have human rights and all this other stuff. But in Europe, we're very highly respected for the knowledge that we carry in response to indigenous uh, natural sciences. 
Well, I'm, I'm ashamed that most American, North American, you know, um, U.S. citizens, I guess we call them, uh, aren't as uh, keen on being aware as the EU. I'm glad that like that hasn't that threat hasn't been lost. Um, my only, I think, awareness. I, I grew up in New Jersey. I've been in New York a few times. Not so far upstate, um, particularly mm-hmm. um, Boston. I think it's as far north as I've ever gone. But um, <laughs> I'm wondering uh, in the green room. You, uh, I mean, your Iroquois. You were saying uh, there's another term you were using for probably um, the indigenous tongue for it. The only awareness I have of uh, Iroquois generally, I'm thinking, is something to the effect of "Last of the Mohicans," maybe. Yeah. Um, so do me a favor and kind of talk me through what uh, what kind of area. I mean, is this all the way up to Canada border? Like when you say New York? No, it goes into Canada. We got the Six okay. Nations Reservation. That's where the mixed bloods are, you know, in, by Toronto. But we're over, up in Quebec also. You know, the Mohawk is on both sides of the St. Lawrence. And what it was was it was part of Europeans. We we were we were responsible for we, we had uh, one third of the North American continent was under the political influence of the Iroquois. Yeah. That's a pretty big yeah. So amount. Onondaga Onondaga Nation Onondaga Nation is like our capital, you know, and that's up by Syracuse. And uh, a lot of our chiefs they, they teach. You know, indigenous sciences at the Syracuse University. Yeah. And uh, we have representatives from New York. Uh, uh, we got representatives at uh, in the United Nations. We got two representatives in the United Nations. We have two seats in the United Nations. And uh, the Orrin Lyons is uh, one of our spokesmen. He's a spiritual chief. And he's most of the time on YouTube. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't realize. I mean, I I understood that it was bigger than not, but that's much larger influence than I realized. Props. Yeah. Well, um, we founded we found 1977 by the United Nations meeting in in Geneva. Uh, that was when the uh, Global Indigenous Forum from the United Nations was was started, and that grew into a, a, a global aspect. And we've been our delegations, and we have other also teams that go into crisis areas and do mediation, like in Chiapas or in. It didn't matter. We were in ghettos all over the United States in the seventies and the eighties. You know, we rebuilt New York City. We went into the Bronx and created peace in the Bronx. We did the. We helped them get the first creative. Uh, creative centers going and we were in 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 peru we were in bolivia we were in in mexico in chiapas and everywhere where there's some types of uh, indigenous skirmishes or or there's also uh disturbances between two fronts you know uh they would ask the iroquois to come in all that's amazing world, all over the yeah. world it kind of reminds me of the Hopi prophecy of the Rainbow Warriors. I mean, it seems like uh, I don't know what your thoughts are in terms of like um, Mayan astrology in the 2012 or the Age of Aquarius and you know Western kind of Babylonian astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this is starting to happen in the 70s, I mean, right after the 60s, I think those were the seeds of the Age of Aquarius. Now, whether it was you know JFK and all this kind of stuff, I'm not. not there's not one thing because obviously Vietnam sucked and that was still going on. And the Cold War still happened in the 80s, but it seems like um, waves of awareness that have been smothered for a long time by a lot of ignorance and, you know, consumerism and imperialism and stuff um, 
has been cut. You've been combating that. So really cool. I didn't realize it was that active. I mean, I'm ignorant, obviously, but um, very cool that you have done that. So kind of walk me through, Thomas, uh, where you grew up, maybe some of your fonder memories, um, like, you know, how in in ancient ways or, you know, traditional ways are you um, versus like, I mean, obviously you're on a phone, so you're not like yeah. Amish or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, kind of walk me through growing up, maybe some of your fond memories and uh, well, any kind of stories you want to tell us. Well, we got a, we got a pretty good freak show going on. You know, it's uh, if you take the development of life above the twenty third twenty uh, third latitude. You know, we say in German that to Breiten got something happens, or there's like a stripe around the whole global around the whole globe. And they call it the long, uh, the longhouse cultures. Yeah, and <coughs> these were very highly developed, civilized cultures. So um, you know, and then the, and then the Europeans came. Uh, the Europeans came and they developed this American stuff, and and the Catholic Church, you know, gave us all kinds of stress and everything else, and. And Europe was going nuts. There was like hunger and everything else, and famines in Europe, and and the people just went to Europe. You know, they, the people that went to America, and when they went to America, they didn't know that they were actually be, being slaves. You know, they said you got the way to freedom, but you got to work and feed the government and feed it and feed it and feed it. And they were feeding Europe, and feeding Europe, and feeding the Mongols, and feeding feeding the colonization. And, you know, went through all these years and stuff, all the battles and struggles, and we always tried to keep a neutral position. And sometimes we, had, we, we were with the, with the English, and sometimes we were with the French. Uh, you know, being in the middle is not an easy thing to do. It's just, you know, you got the French coming down from the north, you got the English people. And we, the first ones that came to us were, were the Hollanders. And as you might remember from history classes that... Uh, the original name for New York City was New Amsterdam. Yeah, so we were doing trading with 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 Amsterdam, you know. But even before that, we were doing trading with with Europe and trading with Africa. You know, these are things that are missing from the history books. When they said that Columbus discovered America, mind who's 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 where's the joke? You know, where's the joke? You know, and if you know you know anything about the, the true American history. Uh, before the Europeans came, America was extremely, extremely civilized and a very, very highly developed cultures everywhere. It blew the minds of all the Europeans. And uh, the reports that went back were, you know, that the Europeans sent back, uh, that the that the let's just put it this way, the young Americans uh, sent back to to Europe was uh, just take the land, there aren't any humans here, there's just a bunch of barbarians. Because the situation in Europe was so terrible, they couldn't believe that there's a really high civilization. And they even called the Iroquois the, 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 the Romans of North America. Yeah. But the doctrine of discovery took away all our rights as human beings, and we're still to this day being treated as animals. We, you know, they... The doctrine of discovery took away all the rights of the indigenous peoples out in the whole world. You know? So they had an excuse to, to steal and kill everybody they wanted to. So we had all these skirmishes. And then in the 50s, I get back to my story, 
you know, in the 50s, up in our area, you know, between Pennsylvania and New York, there was a huge, uh, they, they, they called in what they called the, uh, in, the Eradication Act. And the Eradication Act keeps the indigenous populations really low. The populations are only allowed to grow to a certain number. And they would eliminate anything that would go over that number. Yeah. So that's what happened to in the time when I was born in the 50s. And uh, a lot of us, a lot of the parents and stuff, they would go to Europe with the military. And I was actually born from Iroquois people, but they were in the military as my father was in the military and the mother was a civilian you know, working for atheists. And uh, she was a, a, a kinder matron. She took care of the kids. You know, and took care of the household. Were they both? And I was adopted then. And then I was adopted because they were killing, they killed 30,000 Seneca Indians in seven years. That's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. Um, It's fucking white people. Well, (laughs) for sure. No, it's what happened. We can't do anything about it. I can't change it. No one can change it. It's what happened. The Europeans came and they took this stuff. You know, they took it. They just say, you are not a human being, and and we're going to do this and that, and they just eliminated thirty thousand. That's just that's only the Seneca. They took out they took out Mohawks, they took out Hurons, they took out Cherokee, they took out all kinds of them. They just reduced the native population again, and that used to happen a lot. And this was running up until the seven until the middle of the seventies, uh, when President, and then uh, and then in the eighties, when the Clinton came in, he stopped it all together. Yeah, he stopped because it was illegal for us to speak our mother language, totally illegal. And when a white man saw two Indian, two natives speaking in their mother language, they were allowed to officially kill one of them. It's funny because, well, not funny, but it's ironic. I was just reading, like I told you, The Hobbit. And uh, what this kind of reminds me of is how the dwarves were when they got into Lonely Mountain and found all their gold. They mm-hmm. treated people like shit. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy what happens when economic um, greed essentially kind of blinds people to humanity. I would like to think that, you know, I've always wondered because I, I can't imagine like back in the day of slavery or even what you're talking about with these massacres, how people could look at people as not brothers and sisters. Like it just kind of fucks up my head. But I guess it's religious belief. It's religious well, it's a lot belief. Of, Right, definitely superiority complex built into some dogma. So just to flesh this out too, so of course there's always a differentiation between, you know, a people and its government. And, you know, uh, you have, unfortunately, in most cultures, a warmongering section that goes crazy. And, you know, it's always good to be differentiating. But one particular question, because this would also resolve the issue why in many American cities, it seems like only a few years after they were, let's say, discovered, according to modern narrative, they already had all these beautiful, you know, I always call them imperial-style buildings, but, you know, Tartaria-style buildings, Roman-style buildings, however you want to call them, and they were already all over the place. Do you have any information as to the validity of that or who would have built especially the more advanced and huge structures, which, you know, now in America or also in Europe usually are the courthouses, the parliaments, and so on and so forth, but some of them seem to be quite old. Well, like I was saying, you know, since 500, well, since you can say 1500, 
you know, Columbus was there in 1492, and then they went back. So in in after 1500, 30, 1540, there were pretty big, you know, uh, sections of Europeans. You know, and, and Virginia was one of the first, you know, well, Boston, Boston. Uh, and the Europeans just copied what they had in Europe. You know, so they started to build up a copy of Europe. They used European building technology, uh, European architecture, and they were designing the, all the castles and, and the courthouses and the churches. You know? And they just, it was a duplication of what was in Europe. And that was that's that's where the the knowledge of the indigenous Europeans, you know, they're really really high technology, and they they, they built these cities. Now the Romans built their cities, and the Romans took over Europe, and they just kept going. And when they were finished with Europe, they went and spread out all over the world. They kept doing the same damage and the same destruction, the same wars, and. Uh, Tried to reproduce this uh, one God story, yeah. But there's a history behind that. There's a reason for this, yeah. But it was definitely not an easy time for the indigenous people on the planet. Yeah? And now it's 500, 600 years later, and uh, they said, "Well, if they keep going, there's not going to be any planet left over." And they turned around. And they started saying, "I think it." definitely important that we go back and we look at the indigenous way of life because uh, the, that's the only way to save the planet. That's an interesting point. And it's funny because um, I think Philip K. Dick um, said something to the effect of the empire never ended. It seems, you know, basically um, a lot of the modern concepts of like streets and buildings and aqueducts and all this kind of stuff started basically in Mesopotamia at one point, allegedly, that kind of turned no, it to... started. it started not in Mesopotamia, that was much later. You know, the original European indigenous culture uh, comes from somewhere else. It's the birth of the Caucasus Arat base, and the birth of the Caucasus race was in the northern Himalayan, yeah. and, it, it, and also Siberia. Yeah. So, you know, there's the Aryan race and there's the 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 Satros is is a big there's a big story behind it. You know? And it's whatever the history books will be written for the results that people want, you know. So what happened is is that everything west of Russia and in other parts there's certain information that was just eliminated for the people to know. You know, and that's why they destroyed the bibliotheque, the, the the library of Alexandria. You know, it's 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 why you know the the Vatican holds all the books and all the knowledge you know, secret. Uh, but the internet just spread it out all over the planet right now. Nobody can hold a secret anywhere, uh, and that's one of our plus points. And it's also a plus point for the European, so that he can finally understand where his roots are. It's funny that, like, yeah, the internet, as like you were saying, kind of the reason I was bringing up the empire, I guess, was um, it seems it's gone to the full extent. I'm not sure if you believe in yugas, like in Hinduism or what. I know seems... that very well. I practice Kriya Yoga since 50 years, and I'm really involved in the, in the, in the Vedan, and uh, I know all about the yugas, and I know exactly where we are now. 
and uh, I collaborate with with really good masters from the Himalayas and really good masters of the Vedic sciences, but also some masters of the of the previous the, the Santiavedan. Uh, Santiavedan is the pre pre uh, Vedic. Yeah, and that's where the Vedics originally came from. So the knowledge is the same. You know. So I guess you're familiar. I mean, I don't know if you're into to Tartary and Tartaria, like Rafa was alluding yeah, to. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. You got the right word. Tartaria is cool. Uh, well, it's interesting because I don't know if you look, look at it as a yuga or something, but it seems at some point people started. I mean, the idea of the, the you know the myth of the garden or whatever. Like, um, maybe there was more harmony at one point, and it, it feels like for a long time maybe we were coming out of it. There's been a yuga of division and conquering and stuff, and I mean, obviously you know this imperialism is whether it's coming from the himalayas out into europe or whatever it's been a long wave basically of um kind of conform or die kind of modality uh through many types of cultures and it seems like that's kind of hit its high water mark i would like to think um that we're kind of you know as a species looking back through the history books like you're saying and kind of questioning things um for a long time that wasn't allowed it seemed like the the grip of uh you know, religion and the military and all these Age kind of, of Aquarius. Yeah, exactly. Age of like ah! so, but just well, briefly, because well, it's an interesting well, tidbit, Thomas, just one question. Do you have any stories or any relation, any history in reference to giants or let's say larger than normal yeah, human yeah, sized people? Just, I was just going to get to that. Was really, I was just going to get to that point. Yeah. Uh, cool. We're on the same level. Uh, you take the take the yugas, okay? Take the yugas. Twenty six thousand five hundred, you know, plus minus cycle, you know. And every twenty five, every cycle, a new race comes to the planet. Every cycle, the next race has uh, twenty six thousand years to go through a certain development. And uh, this the Satya Yuga, where uh, the human is not uh, so dense. As, as he is now, yeah. That means uh, we're more like an energy. Energy, yeah. This is this is as uh, so. The lowest point of of human consciousness and and the the thickest density uh, is called Kali Yuga, yeah. Which I think we're exiting basically uh, we're, right around now. <laughs> we're, we're way out of the Kali Yuga. We're 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 in the Dwarapa and we're coming into the Tetra. Yeah. In seventy years we're gonna be in the Tetra and we're gonna be really on high frequency. Uh, so uh people will live longer. They they right now the all the you can say technological developments that we have right now is just uh, the instruments that are teaching us what we can do. You you don't need a handy because uh, actually, you are one. You're you're, you're handy mast. You're you're your cell phone mast. You're your five G sender and and receiver. Right? Actually, it's much higher than five G. The human heart itself is an electromagnetic uh, sends an electric magnetic fields that can be uh, received up to twenty six kilometers radius. Uh, uh, we have a uh, between four and six watts. If you remember what a CB. Uh, the old CB uh, funks were on the trucks, you know, on the on the on the trucks. You know the CB talkers. They were they they send the CB radios. They were four watts, yeah. And the human heart can go between four and six six watts. 
Yeah. So we're little Tesla towers running around, basically. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. But we're also sending and receiving information all the time. We're totally online all the time. Yeah, and uh, certain times a day it depends on uh, how our biological organism is, is going to be dealing with all the information. What were you going to say about giants? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. You go from the go from the Satya Yuga, and the and the, the, the the beings were much bigger. They they can be eight eight nine meters high. Yeah, and uh, uh, but they're not dense. Yeah, it's more of a plasma. And then we, as we go from the from the um, so they're almost like transitional species between ages. When when it goes towards the Kali Yuga, it gets we smaller. We get smaller. It gets yeah, we smaller. shrink and dense. <laughs> yeah, it gets dense. Yeah, and uh, by the birth of Jesus, we were at the deepest point. The birth of Jesus was a turning point where we started to go out of the Kali Yuga, and that was two thousand years ago. And that was this is that that's like going out, we're going up, and now we just went up to the point where in the universe yeah um if you look at our galaxy the galaxy from the side yeah the 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 earth was on the downside yeah and the age of aquarius where we go above the center point we're on the way up yeah and the next next in 70 years this is like the mayan thing right the whole galactic center is that yeah, what you're talking yeah, about yeah 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 exactly exactly we got, we've been we're over it right now Right. Correct. Yeah, yeah, not too long. We had to go over the horizon. The Aquarius is when we, the age of Aquarius is when we reached. It's like a sunrise. Yeah. Beautiful. It's, yeah, it's, the sun just went over the over the horizon. You know, if you you know you know New Jersey, okay, you go to the Atlantic and you watch the sunrise. You know, you know what it's like an hour before the sunrise, and you can feel this happening. You know. And this is what the age of Aquarius is. We just hit sunrise. It's the first sunrise, yeah. And it, and then we're going to travel up when when and when we get into the Satya Yuga, we're really really high energy, yeah. So the people are going to start living longer. They're going to have much higher transmissions. The children learn more. And the really interesting thing is is the crystal structure in the in the blood producing bones is changing. It's been changing since the eighties. And that's what they call the new rainbow race, this, the birth of the fifth race. And the fifth race is a combination of all four races. And that's where Raphael comes from. Raphael is a full-fledged rainbow. It means he's got, he's, he, he can do a lot of things more than, than, than my, my generation can. That's fascinating. Just as uh, we're on this topic, yeah, Raphael, and you what? speak about, yeah. <laughs> And the giants, the Iroquois, the Iroquois have two lakes, and we say that's where the stone giants are sleeping. You know, we've got stories about the stone giants, man. I could tell you all night long. Do you, so we have to go back to that. Also, the question in terms of whether mountains, at least some of them, could be like super titans that are dead. You know, some mountains look like people. But my other question, just briefly, was in regards. You said the bone structure. I'm not expecting like the super scientific explanation, but to the degree that you understand it, can you mention what this change entails? Because one thing I've heard, for example, from Bashar, he says that people will actually accumulate more 
silicon or silica silicon yeah but exactly, in a positive exactly sense, to exactly. transmit more consciousness exactly exactly this is what's happening that's funny because i'm no i don't know if you're familiar with terence mckenna and like psychedelic <laughs> mushrooms i know um, a lot about them all right yeah those have been around for a long time clearly um like very long time possibly and even the fact that i think they're Mushrooms are considered almost more animal life than plant life or something molecularly. But anyway, mushrooms being this kind of fungal, um, you know, moisture-based kind of almost uh, forest energy, for lack of a better term. And then LSD was synthesized in the 30s or whatever um, by Albert Hoffman, and that's a crystal. I mean, LSD is a crystal structure. So it seems even the psychedelics um, are moving towards these kind of crystalline structure rainbow warrior type modes well well let's go back to that um mushrooms yeah they're consciousness all right now a mushroom is just a little piece the the, the whole body of the mushroom is under the earth yeah and the it builds networks it builds information networks and transformation networks yeah and uh, you you can it's almost like you know the mass of our brain yeah but it's it has two functions as the functions of bacteria of our intestines yeah so it's like the fine molecular intestines of the of the forest but it is also fine crystal structures that that connect the information highways in the forest and in the in the uh in the uh agriculture Right, like mycelial networking. I mean, I think some of the biggest organisms known to humans at this point are like mushroom, basically forests, if you want to put it that way, that under, like go under mountains and crazy shit, like massive, you know, hundreds of kilometers, kind of big kind of style. Yeah, yeah. Well, well shit, there's so many you... places this conversation can go, I'm not even really where I want to go. Um, I'm still curious. So you said you were adopted in Europe? I'm trying to still piece together your history. All right. Um, all right, yeah, this, is easy. this is easy, all right? Let's just talk about, a, you know, normal human life, okay? Uh, you're living in a place and an army comes in and they want to kill all your people and stuff and the half of them disappear somewhere, you know? You say, where can I live? Where can I ex expect this? And uh, because it was, uh, because of the draft, you know, you had to go to Europe, you know? Because in the 50s, you know, when was the World War out over? You know, Europe was Germany mainly was occupied by the Americans up until a few years ago. Yeah? So there was always three hundred sixty thousand American soldiers in Germany alone. All right, and uh, that's where a lot of the Indians went, yeah? and they stayed. Yeah? And uh, uh, so, where did you end up? I I was born in Heidelberg. Okay, okay. So that's what I'm trying to piece together. So your answers just dipped because the whole massacre situation, like the 70s situation, yeah. whatever, the 50s you were saying, the 50s. And, um, okay, so you were born in Heidelberg, like where the, in Germany. Uh, yeah. That's a pretty, like, famous Christian place, actually, Heidelberg. Yeah, it's really and stuff. Christian, but it's also a university city. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, you spoke German rather well for somebody who lived in New York. I had no... Okay. So you do you live I've been here? here 30 years, man. Come on. I've been here 30 years. So okay. It makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Your English I, is good then. You haven't lost it. Good job. Yeah. I had to learn German a lot. You know, it's it's, it's, it's really studying learning German because uh, I translate the medicine. I do... Uh, I do uh, conferences in, in medical, in, you know, by university, medical universities and universities, 
and I do a lot of work in the do a lot of work in the governments and stuff. So I need a good German language. So I really I learned German so that I could translate our knowledge into German. Verstehen Sie nicht, but I'm glad you understand it. Good job. So tell me how growing up as an ex-North American in Europe was like. No, I didn't grow up in Europe, man. Oh, okay. I'm totally botching. I told you, my, my people were in the army. You know, they're there for four years and they go home. Okay, okay. So you but guys were thing born is, my there. adopted people were they were they were here in Europe eleven years. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes and sense. I, I, I went back to America when I was four and a half. Okay, so are you a dual first, citizen? Yeah, they they first went to Virginia because because the cause the adopted father he was working for the CIA. Uh, he had a high security, uh, had a really 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 high security clearance. He was working in the communications. He used to translate the communications that were going on. He was a high security shit, and. Uh, and then he went to the United States and stuff, and then he started to work for IBM up in New York. And Thomas J. Watson in New York, you might know where it is, it's in Westchester. You know where Westchester is. And way up in northern Westchester on the border, right, right near to Putnam, is uh, the IBM Research Center. Yeah. And across the street were a lot of, was two, two native Indians and then all around the house and all around our, our village and stuff. You know, uh, we don't live on reservations. You know, the, the most of the Iroquois do not live on reservations. They live outside just like normal people do. Yeah. Did, you, did but, you being born in Germany allow you to have a, a multiple like passports or how's that? No, nah, I got naturalized as an American and I can't even get my German passport back. That's annoying. I'm sure the, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say it's not a bad time to be in Germany, I guess. Um, so, all right. So, kind of tell me, like, how aware of your culture and stuff when you were growing up were you? Like, were you like full on aware? Were you having to find this stuff out? No, you know, no, rumors. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the deal. Is um, uh, we moved up to West when we got to Westchester. The people that living across the street and stuff, they were like. Um, you know, the, the Indian lady married a, a, an Irish guy who was working for IBM, but her whole family is upstate on the reservation in Allegheny, in, in Allegheny, on Cuyuca Lake, up in New York by Cuyuca Lake. And uh, we went up there, you know, I was six years old. And uh, that's when I got, that's when uh, the, the Iroquois picked me up again. So okay, six, so you were pretty young. From six years old until thirty, I was I was raised and trained by the Iroquois. What does that entail? Holy shit! I mean, yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> before you get into that rabbit hole, uh, Raphael, should we take a quick music break? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's sure. do it. Yeah. All right. All right. And like I said, I hope this isn't patronizing. I don't think it is. Um, this is a song. Basically, with a Native American flavor from a video game called Final Fantasy VII. If we were not allowed to use indigenous flavors in any music, you know, would all be music would be shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, so here we go. Let's go for it, baby. Welcome back. And by how Eastern that sounds, that's the add-on question, is where, where did the so-called Native Americans originally emigrate from? I was gonna say that was like a Japanese interpretation of a, a Western thought about natives or you know indigenous peoples. So probably not you know straight from the pipe as they say. And it's funny because today is a crown chakra day in uh, Mayan dream spell. 
uh, and I don't know if people are aware of this, probably you are more than most, uh, the whole headdress situation is supposed to be the crown chakra kind of just blowing up or whatever. So anyway, I digress. We kind of got to this place uh, of what your, you know, <laughs> learning experience with the Iroquois uh, from 6 to 30 or whatever was like. So if you want to pick up there, we can. Yeah. So, you know, you know, you get you get a lot of attention from clan mothers and from the oldest chiefs and from the elders, and they start teaching you the story. Now, there's one thing that a lot of people don't know about the Iroquois is the we we had a prophet named Deganavida, and he came to the earth. He was his his big deal with the great law of peace was on on in August in in one thousand in eleven thirty two. You know, and that's where the great law of peace and, and all the war, all the native wars in North America ended. You know, it's where all the chiefs in North America came together and buried all their weapons under the under the great white pine. And the Deganavida great law of peace takes seven days, 12 hours a day to recite. Wow, that's a rather long epic. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, uh, it takes 17 years to understand what it's all about. And is that what you were being trained to do? Yep. All right, well, you learn how, you learn how the elements play together. You learn how civilization is. You learn how duality is constructed. You learn how, you learn about social philosophy. You learn about social psychological hygiene. You learn about what is democratic democracy. You learn about every single uh, plant that could exist for food and for medicine. Uh, You learn about the uh, stones. You learn about crystals. Uh, you learn about the, the past, you learn about the future. And Yaraki said something very interesting. Uh, the East Coast Indians, the East Coast Natives, the Cherokee, yeah, the Iroquois, and, and the East Coast tribes were all related to Atlantis. That's interesting. I actually and have Atlantis, Cherokee blood this is, in me. This is where, this is where, uh, this is where, the European, the the this is where the Western Europeans and 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 you know, in Atlantis, Atlantis, we were all together, and uh, the the one side destroyed Atlantis, you know, they blew it up, and and it's like one side, one half went to the right and one half went to the left, yeah, and there's uh, genetic proof of this. There's uh, there's a gene that the, the, the Iroquois have. It's called the Atlantic gene. There's a genetic proof. You know? this, is in, this is found in six other places in the world, and one of the places is in, in Western Europe, in the north. You know? And it's also in, by the pygmies. It's also in, in Persia, and it's also in Mongolia, and it's in one more place, in a couple other places. Yeah. So like a genetic diaspora from the Atlantis situation yeah, exactly. in multiple places. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm curious, um, when when that prophet that you were saying came down and... Uh, Take down gave, Do you think that's, I mean, do you look at that as supernatural or alien or how do you look at that? No. no. I'm just curious, I don't know. You know, well, um, 
if I look at it like in today's context, in today's context, yeah, it's uh, Shiva showed up and did a peace deal, and and then he went back. You know, you know, Shiva is the first, the first yogi, the first, the first guru, the first. He's he was the Dekanavita came up. He showed up in a really, really hard time. There, there were wars everywhere. There were the cannibalism. There were, you know, it, it was pretty crazy. The Kali Yuga, um, possibly. <laughs> yeah, full, full. You say, you know, like, you know, Kali Yuga, you know, a thousand years ago, the whole world was in Kali Yuga, you know. But we were on the way out, yeah. Because uh, when Jesus came, it was 2,000 years ago. There was Jesus, uh, uh, Krishna was long before that, yeah. But uh, Jesus' point, this is where they say that the Kali Yuga came over, it started to go upwards, it, you know, it's starting from out of the Kali Yuga. This is, if you look at a wave, the bottom of the sine wave, in the middle of the lowest point is when Jesus showed up. Yeah. And that was 2,000 years ago. But in North America, it was different. And, but if you know anything about Cahokia, Cahokia was, was a desolated city, it was over 150,000 people, but they destroyed all of nature around them. They had to walk almost a month to get firewood. Yeah. So the half of the city was running around trying to get firewood, and they were just cutting down the planets, and they are burning up the whole place, and they just ignored it, taking care of the take care of the ecology. So we learned about misuse of ecology a long time ago. We went through this. What the what Sogana, you know, what we call the white people are going through right now, we've been through this, it was a thousand years ago. Yeah. And the lowest point that the Aztecs had was about a thousand years ago. Yeah. And and the Teganavita showed up just at the right time. Yeah. And he came together with Hiawatha and Jagavansasi and a woman. And uh, they went then to the Onondaga chief, the, 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 the Tadadaho, that was like a brutal, brutal black magician. You know, he was just like Mr. Negative. And uh, they convinced him to turn his negative energy into positive creation. And they gave him then the, the, the role of being the chief. And at that moment, he was healed of all of his demons and all that other stuff. And the five nations of the Iroquois came together in peace. And that's when all the other nations in North America buried all their weapons under the peace tree. So tell so me a little he's about just this. a human being. It's a human being. Is a human being that, that, that was highly developed, you know? I can dig it. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, Raphael is very much into galactic flavors. I'm at a point where I'm not even sure if this is like a dream or what life is. Like, well, that's so, a good point to be at. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucid sometimes, but also, I mean, even like you're saying, like, uh, the nightmare can get bad, but there's always like a Jiminy Cricket to come in and light Maybe the way. just briefly, because it fits to reinforce the point, I just heard that Boshar, whom we're all aware of, you know, means messenger and so on. Um, is Arabic, but apparently in Urdu, in Urdu, Bashar, at least according to Google Translate, literally means human. So, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> Fascinating. So I'm curious, Thomas, um, give us, I mean, you obviously probably can't recite the whole thing in a few minutes, but uh, you were saying it's kind of like a codex for living, it seemed like, like a, a yeah. um, oral tradition codex for living. What are some of the highlights? What could we be remembering from that collectively now that maybe we haven't been getting? All right, all right. Um, you asked me a question before. What's, what's, what's medicine? All right. 
And uh, I answered that with a question. You breathe. Correct. It was it was very... Uh... Yeah, let's go into that. Come on. Right, because I asked, um, Rafael said you were into medicine and in new age kind of, you know, hippie circles or whatever that means, usually ayahuasca. Or no, not like the that. hippie circle at all. The, the, right, right. I, I go nuts with the hippies. Yeah. I went, I was 12 years old at Woodstock, okay? Yeah, so that I was had, a prior mind fuck. I had an overload of hippies, in, in, you know, one, one weekend. Yeah, we, we were playing in the mud and having a good time. Yeah. But it was really freaky watching the hippies do all this stuff. Yeah. I'm but, sure right. it was uh, anyway, rather dynamic. You asked me a question about medicine, so let's get back to that. Uh, I asked you, do you breathe? Uh, now, yeah. This is an Iroquois thing. All right? uh, this is, it has to do with your question. You breathe? Yes. Do you breathe consciously? Well, it's funny that you say that yes and no. You you could do it better. Uh, Alan Watts gets into this. I've lived in Hawaii for a while, and the Polynesians, um, Native Hawaiian, uh, Indigenous Hawaiians are... Uh, Say aloha, ha is breath. So it's like, you know, they breathe into each other's stuff. Um, partly. I mean, it happens whether you're aware of it or not, but you can be more aware of it, I guess. Well, the thing is, um, the, we, have a, a, we have like the saying, the highest spirituality is the politics, and the highest politics is the highest spirituality. And what it means, the first politics that you do in the morning, in the day, is, is your first conscious breath. Interesting. Because that's when you start communicating with the outside world. So how do you view the uh, astral in that sense? I mean, totally separate uh, spirit realm? Or is that like a totally no, different thing? No, there's nothing separate. There's nothing separate. You breathe out and you breathe in. You're connected. You know, it's like breathing in and out the same. You breathe out trees breathe out you breathe out the trees breathe in the breeze breathe out you breathe in you know, it, it's all connected you know and so that first breath where always, you always kind of check there's in always the same amount of air on the planet as it's always been so it's the, the the trees are the other half of our lungs that's what's up yeah but that, that's where the politics begins With that you daily... wake up in the morning you thankful to the trees I actually am not nearly as good at that as I could be, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where the politics comes. So you begin with your first communication, with your first breath, and your first and, and your, the quality of the communication and, 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 and the awareness in it and how you go about your day. And the breath and the, and the communication in the breath and the communication between all other human beings is your politics of peace. And is that um, addressed in this 17-hour-long or day-long or whatever uh, epic? Like, uh, or is this just common knowledge? And, uh, you go to sleep. Way? You breathe in your sleep? Uh, ideally. Mm -hmm. uh, normally, you know, the normal average grown-up, uh, you know, quality sleep is just so between three and four hours. You know, after four hours, you should be pretty good recharged, and then you're only resting. Yeah, sleep is a, is 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 a unconscious breath. Sleep is unconscious. Yeah, uh, the sleep is a recharging of the batteries and a defragmentation of the information that you absorbed all day. The body gets to slow down, and uh, you're also in a form of death. 
Yeah. So this is body goes into like a, a death situation and say like every night we drop dead yeah, for a couple of hours so that the body can regenerate itself and take care of all of its biological processes. Dead cells can get thrown out and it collects all the stuff and you know, that's where all the processes are going on. And uh, you know, a lot of the organs are, are turned off and at certain times of the night the other organs turn on and that's when your brain starts to uh, come back after its defragmentation. What you call dreaming is a defragmentation. If there's anything in your soul or in your emotional body that's bothering you or you're looking for answers or something like that, your brain is going to go and try to solve this so that your inner health, your inner, inner uh soul your inner feelings and your emotions are, are balanced that you don't have any uh negative energies in you it's like negative pronoun stuff as so that's the medicine original gangster style i guess you start off with your breath yeah and then you have conscious food you have conscious what you know everything you do is conscious yeah it's all connected to the breath that, that, so that makes sense parts yeah, yeah, but how do you talk to the next door neighbor when he's walking down the street? We don't we don't talk about the newspaper? What do you talk about? Um, How's your breath? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you're an electromagnet field, yeah, and you're transmitting. You don't need your mouth to communicate. The highest level of communication that people have is one meter apart. It's like three feet apart. That's where your your energy field and the energy field of the person across from you or the person coming at you is at the highest. It's like you take two soap bubbles and you touch them together. Or you take two air, you know, balloons. You take two balloons and you put them together. And that point in the middle, that's where you get all the static electricity and the energy transfer. That's what happens when two people enter a room. Or so, meet each other on the street or in the supermarket or whatever. Right. I, I hear what you're saying now. Kind of and like we feel that. Place. We transmit that. We don't need no, we don't have to talk about anything. We don't have to open our mouth or anything. We just, we get a download. Interesting. Um, yeah, but everyone does. Right, right. I'm kind of wondering, I guess we've gotten so far from being aware of that, that we just kind of clutter up the kitchen in a sense or something? With talking all the time, there is no not kitchen. listening. There is no kitchen. It's just plasma. All this stuff that you touch is just energy plasma. It's irrelevant. So, in that sense, do you look at it like kind of like a, the illusion, like the, that's the nature of the dream? I guess plasma. No, 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 no. Um, anything you touch is 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 has a form. Yeah. Um, we don't define the form. We define the material. It's like uh, glass, glass, a simple glass, yeah? It's nothing but sand. And it will never, ever be anything but sand. It's just that this sand saw fire for a little bit and turned into a crystal. And it'll go back to sand very quickly. Does that, is that, it sounds like, um, I mean, even what you're talking about, uh, elemental magic might be a weird way to put it, but it sounds like the elements do play a pretty pivotal part in your understanding of the cosmos um is that what's being addressed uh, like in that codex you were talking about um mm -hmm. transmission or whatever what are kind of some i mean that's you're not wrong so i mean like you're correct and I, most people aren't thinking about it that way i guess um that mm -hmm. we're kind of in this huge alchemical kind of chamber of elements 
Um, well, there's only five ingredients that form the entire universe. Water, sure. fire, air, and wind, and aether. Aether is the bubble that holds everything together. Aether is the space between all the other elements. Without ether, the other elements cannot exist. Yeah, and and don't know how to form or connect or anything. It's the it's the actual intelligence behind creation itself. And then you have combination of uh, water, fire, earth, and wind. Yeah, and that's what you're made of. Yeah, and and these these are five ingredients, and these five ingredients make a grasshopper. They make your curtains. They make this. They do everything you want. Yeah. And the the indigenous European is what we call the people of the fire. They're the ones that can take all the things apart to the little smallest details, to the smallest molecules and smallest thing, and put it back together in a different way. You know, uh, you take you dig up a stone out of the ground, yeah, and you hammer it small. You put it in a fire, and you've got iron, yeah, uh, or metal, yeah. So Anything in your house, anything that you have anywhere in, in, in near you, what, what, what type of metal object you have in front of you right now? I mean, one full of all sorts of crazy shit from Africa, no, probably. Really, in, in iPhone. Phys physically, <laughs> right now. What? Yeah, okay, iPhone. Yeah, that's a bunch of crystals. Right, yeah, like like rare minerals and stuff. It, that's the funny no, part no, to me. It's crystals. It's crystals. It's a whole shitload of crystals. You can say rare minerals, but basically it's just crystals, all right? Uh, it's, it's minerals, but uh, it's, see, you're doing exactly what the white people do. They describe it, take it apart and take it apart, make it smaller and describe it. You will never, ever get back to the essence of what it's it is. like it's too defined, so you can't see the forest for the trees anymore, however they say, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So what parts of Europe are the fire people that you're talking about? Where are the other elements? That's the whole Caucasian race, man. It's just all the 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 the, the blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes, yeah, gray eyes. So it's so Europeans. It's the whole Caucasian race. That so that's the way fire. Back. Goes what, way back. What's and the water and air and no, earth? Water is Asia. Earth is Earth is the original indigenous peoples. Yeah. The the Asian people or they, they are, everything in Asia has to do with flow, flow. Right, right. Water dragons, flow, all this kind of stuff. Water, yeah, water. The element water, and uh, everything that the Europe, that the Asian will do, he will always always see how it flows. It will Feng bring shui. anything into flow, and the Africans. You go to the Africa. That's element air, and what you can't you you know. You can't weigh down in the soul of an African. It's not possible. You cannot put enough weight onto an African that he loses his lightness of the soul. He stays happy. He's doing it. You, I've never seen a depressed African. It won't work. Or at least they turn that depression into song. Like that's the blues and jazz. Yeah, exactly. They turn it into dance, song and dance. They're breathing. It's air. You know, it just keeps moving. It gets happy. It just keeps going. Boom, boom. Boom. That's where we say all the creativity comes and stuff. Now the Africans are really geniuses in a lot of a lot of ways. Yeah. And then you were saying kind of North and South America or Earth? Uh, yeah, but also Australia and and Australia and and other indigenous cultures like uh um pygmies, uh the Bushmen, uh, um, uh and there's a few other you know down to earth indigenous indigenous but the thing is 
if I give a if I give something to a Native American or Central or <coughs> Central South American, they, they they want it to grow. They they want it. They put it in the in the ground and they want it to grow. Give it to an African, he throws it into the air. He wants to see what the air is. You give it to a Europe. Give it to an Asian, they put it in water. You give it to an a European, he puts it in fire, and he's going to change it every way he can. That's fascinating. I've never heard this, and it makes a lot of sense in ways that I. It's just very intuitively accurate. But I've never heard this, so it's fascinating to me. Hopi's been talking. Hopi's been talking about it for a thousand years. I mean, come on. Well, I know a lot about a little. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't learn all of it. You know, you, you, okay, you're on. You're on the right point. You're on the right track because the what the trend is is uh, the Europeans. Yeah, the European Union called out all the made a call out on all the European people to self-identify as indigenous Europeans. That means this is also affecting all the Europeans that are living outside. So it's kind it of means, like a domino effect in that sense. Yeah, it's, that a huge call, it's a things. huge call from the mother tree to come back to your roots. What you were saying was related to the eight, number eight, the strength card. I mean, I guess we're finding our strength in what we what we forgot. The white roots of peace are calling the people back to the root. You know, they've called them back to the roots. Yeah? And uh, now the 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 just like a tree. Uh, you, the tree breathes in, breathes in the sun, breathes, breathes yeah, in sunlight, the chlorophyll and transformation of sugars. The sugars go down to the end of the roots. Now you're going back up. The circle of life, as they say. So yeah. what's your position on the idea of evil and distortion? I mean, is this just a part of the sine wave of the yugas? And it's just like, it is what it is? Uh, or do you I, think there's demons? Cool. I, love this one. I love this one. We got a game called lacrosse. You ever hear of lacrosse? Oh, yeah. yeah. I grew up in Virginia. So, yeah, we know. Yeah, okay. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever play against the, the Iroquois team? <laughs> I have not. I think they're the originators, though. Yeah. All right. Listen to this one. Uh, this is the game of the gods. All right, it's it's good and evil. It's a game between good and not. It's like a living yin yang, yeah. And uh, it's a game. And we even play like this. It's also it's it's a very highly spiritual game. And uh, you know, there's two teams, and the, and the one team is is you say say every human being has a black wolf and a white or a white wolf it's the one that you feed that'll win and every human being has the capacity of being a demon or being a, a, a peaceful human being and this is a living example of how we uh as a collective um balance out the difference between good and not good so you i mean alan watts is kind of uh, he's a zen buddhist I, you probably heard of him but um mm -hmm. Uh, he was kind of saying, you know, this is a, essentially a game that, you know, the gods have made for fun. What we take so fucking seriously is it just we're just taking this. I guess this is where I get tricked out with like politics and uh, stuff um, where it's like, how are we to make, be changing the world if it doesn't matter at some level? Or how do you look at that game in terms of consequence? Like, for example, like the fire is kind of taking over the world. Me, problem. Okay, yeah, go, go for it. The, all right, I'll ask you a question. Do you want to live as a bad, destructive demon, or do you want to live as, a, as someone that's going to be able to create a world for coming generations and uh, overcome uh, 
self-destruction. I mean, ideally, the latter. Uh, I, 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 whether it's been through DMT or other things, I have a lot of Christian resonance still. Where I'm yeah. like, I think this is more broken than we think. So there's parts of us that, like, there is a black dog in each of us that barks <clears throat> or something like that. It doesn't, you know, we all. I how to put it? I would want you know peace and harmony and all this stuff, but it seems there's an insanity, which is kind of evidenced in the 20th century in Europe with like the whole Nazi situation and stuff. Um, world wars, this industrialization. It's like, it seems we can, it is tricky because it's like even Hitler, like had a grandkid. He probably gave lollipops. He fed the white dog there, but it's like generally wait a speaking. Sec, wait a second. All right. You're talking from the American point of view. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Um, Hitler wasn't a bad guy. Well, he was definitely doing something weird karmically or shifting the aeon or something weird. Um, the whole thing with World War II, it was a battle between two Jewish Jewish um, finance um, magnets. Yeah. Uh, in the, in, during the Egyptian time, they started the slavery system. Rome took over the slavery system. It didn't work one way, so they developed the Catholic Church, yeah, and developed Rome, and Rome took over Europe, all right? And after they took over Europe, I mean, there were millions of wars, uh, you know, war everywhere, 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 everywhere. It's pretty normal. And in the name of, in the name of, in the name of God, this is as the Catholic Church said in Terra Nullius, they said, uh, anyone outside of our property... Uh, they're enemies, can, I guess. You can kill because they're not human beings. So the same thing that happened in America, you know, to us is is you guys is, you guys had it in like eighteen hundred years ago. Yeah, so you've been in this same situation at the uh, that that uh, just say the living representation would be the Native American or the indigenous the indigenous peoples, yeah? but. Uh, Europe has been going on in Europe for 1,800 years. So this is a sort of point of view, point where uh, 500 years ago when Columbus took off, yeah, he, he was going out to discover, and he was working like a virus. He goes, after they conquered Europe, yeah, they, they kicked out, the, you know, they turned everyone into slaves. So they had a slave registry, uh, everyone was being controlled, uh, and all that other stuff, and they develop these systems. Yeah, they they go to they go all over the world. You know, they colonized everything. The colonization is the same thing that they were doing in Europe all the time. Right, yeah. which so, is crazy so, if you think about it that way. So, in that sense, the Black Dog team has gone pretty crazy. It seems like big. But come on, you just read the Hobbit. Man, Goron, right? The Black Cloud, the Black Cloud that came over. Black, that's the Black Cloud. You know, the black cloud. And if you really, really want to take the Hobbit seriously, uh, this COVID virus is exactly what's happened in the Hobbit. Yeah. You got the two, two, uh, the two towers. Yeah. You got, you, know, you got the whole deal. Right. It's, I mean, I think culture can be prophetic, whether it was intentional or not. I, I think Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and the Hobbit is very prophetic in that sense. Yeah, but uh, it's a natural cycle. It's a 26,000-year cycle where the consciousness is down below and everything. So these people don't want to let go. And the point where we are now, we have some of the old world and we have the new world right in front of our face. 
And as, as we keep moving over the horizon and go further into the Aquarius, you know, for the next 2,000 years, uh, we're, we're, setting, we're setting the foundation right now for the new world that's coming after us. It means we're planting a whole new garden. You know? and, and the people are waking up like popcorn. You know, these, this indigenous genetic connection is, is waking up in the people like popcorn. Yeah. He said, I want to get back to my roots. I want to get back to my roots. I want to take over my own life. I want to have self-responsibility. I want to have self-identity. I don't want to follow the way of the fire. You know, That makes total sense. So yeah. I, it's funny because you're talking about it very um, – and it's not to um, demystify it or something, but I've heard people talk about these kinds of things in almost electromagnetic mechanical ways in the sense that like, well, the, the, you know, the circle turns, uh, the Ouroboros turns or whatever, and it seems like – um, like what you're saying, and Raphael's commented on this before, where it's like, it seems really bad right now because they're running out of options and they're trying to like double down or whatever. Well, uh, you know, it's really, really funny because a lot of people want to go to Mars, you know. Uh, there's a lot of people that say they're going to go under Earth and they said, oh, we did that. We had this one time where we blew up the whole fucking planet and they had to live under Earth for a thousand years. Yeah. And and I said, why are they repeating this? Why are they repeating this? I can't believe it. Intelligence is so stupid, right? So it's just an emotion. It's the emotion of a bad childhood. Who's doing this? How were they raised? What kind of brainwashing did they get from their parents? What kind of brainwashing was delivered from the church? You know, what kind, what came over in the media? You know, where's the real story? People don't even have a chance to look somewhere else. You know, they don't have the self-identity and they don't have, they haven't taken over so, uh, responsibility of what their own two hands are doing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the, the stuff they're putting into their physical bodies is totally poison and destroying their consciousness, destroying the whole system. And, and so these demons are all over the place. You know, uh, it's, it's just degenerated human beings in a very, very low frequency uh, of consciousness. You know, they, they behave, they behave like um, golems, you know, minds, minds, minds. And the, 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 this, this ego stuff that, that they've been teaching in the new age, you know, like I go into I, I am, I am, I am. Well, if you keep going into I am, you're going to be the last person on the planet. Right, well, that's solipsism. Uh, we've talked about it a lot on this uh, podcast, actually, because that I—that's one thing that I've always had is, not issue with, but it's, it's treacherous water to me to um, how to put it. My separate self doesn't want to lose. I don't want to think you're another aspect of me, but at some level you are. Which is, this is where the mind fuck happens for me, where I'm like, "Whoa, you're your own thing, but we're all one in spirit. All the elements are one ether kind of jam or whatever." Well, no, um, it's not. It's not. It's not like that, man. It, you know, this is the really cool part about it. I know exactly what you mean. You know, um, we all have our individual identity. Okay, you got something. You you are the absolute perfect you, like the at man. All right, but that perfect you plays a huge role in the development of your surroundings. So right, what right, kind right. of a quality of you do you want? There is no way you can exist as a single only you. You can't even breathe. Right. It seems um, like we're we're in a network no matter what. I mean, even in the Christian kind of theology, like a trinity is a community. It seems like we can't be 
And that's kind of the whole myth where people are like, I'll, I mean, it seems like the left hand path, whatever you want to call this kind of stuff is like individually oriented. And that's kind of the trip where it's like, it's not, I mean, that's when people, you know, villains do crazy shit because they're like, I'm worried about my shit as opposed to keeping the uh, whole dream weaver, you know, or the flower of life or whatever in, in context. Let's just take air, okay? Air, yeah? That's a huge plasma, yeah? It's a really, 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 it's, it's a real wild plasma. It's full of energy, full of information. It is, it, it is the absolute cosmic intelligence altogether, yeah? So what are we? We're just little small blobs of earth material with electric, electric capacities to communicate. We're, have a biological system and so and i'm just going to give you a small example yeah the um uh rafi help me translate this um uh electro electro light phase right the lymphatic ocean so the capacity for electrical conductivity yeah within the uh what was the other word uh, the, the human word. lymph system yeah, within the lymph, uh, within the lymphatic system, I guess the electrolytic yeah. electrolytes, electrolyte ocean within the lymphatic system, in yeah, reference cool. to its electrical conductivity. Yeah, cool. Thanks. I'm back online. Um, the you know there's uh, uh, some friends of ours up in in Onondaga. Uh, we're writing around. We're we're writing some articles sometimes uh, in the Anasazi note and. Uh, uh, Aquasasani notes and a few other portals. And uh, they were talking about the lymphatic ocean. Okay. This is your whole body inside, under your skin is a huge ocean. Yeah. And in this ocean, there are like, you know, you have your organs, but you also have a bacteria. You got your blood. You've got thousands and millions of organisms living there. So uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, if you got a car battery, would you put mud in it? Not if you knew how it worked. That's exactly what the humans are doing. Right. It seems they're, we've they're, they're, into they're, ignorance over a long time. Like they've, they've made us stupid about our nature. Well, the pH of your lymphatic ocean determines how high your electrical communication could be. And that gets into modern diets and things like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't eat meat. <laughs> you can a little bit. It all depends. Yeah. But the quality of your lymphatic ocean, you should try to keep it as clean as possible. You know, drink a lot what of are some water. Of those? Keep oh, it yeah, clean. Drink your herbal stuff. Now, the reason people get sick is because this lymphatic ocean is screwed up all the time. Right. If I want to, you know. The, the lymphatic ocean is, is whatever you want to grow will grow in it, you know. Uh, the people do it unconsciously. So it's like walking through a swamp, yeah. And there's a lot of things in the swamp that are going to want to eat your ass. Or are you just going to be a, a clean, moving crystal, uh, crystal water? So it's just either your, 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 your muddy swamp on the inside or your flowing crystals. Yeah, crystal water. It's up to you. That's a beautiful way to put it. Raphael. Um, and that determines what kind of food you put in your mouth. 
Right, and I mean that would be feeding the white wolf in a sense. So, but it seems like there's always, you know, no, you're feeding uh, your own health, man. You're feeding your own communication capacity. It's nothing to do with the wolf. The wolf is a, is is something that comes as an extra. Yeah, uh, the, the white wolf can dance a lot more. Yeah, right, fine. But the thing is, uh, you know, we talk about human health. You know, human health, the quality of our communication and the quality of our life. Are you more life? And dynamic uh, is your communication healthy? Uh, how do you feel? What are your emotions like? What's your balance like? You know, right? And it seems. I mean, I don't know how into astrology or anything. There seems cycles within cycles. So sometimes you have like rougher times. Saturn return, not a fun time. Um, there's. And a, I have I mean, to ask you what did. And I have to ask you what did you eat? One of the first questions I ask somebody when they come to me in a therapy session is, "What did you eat this morning?" And I have a lot of vegan protein. <laughs> what? Mostly. I, I'm a vegan. I, do, I mean, I'm not a, you know, I'm not eating a lot of amazing stuff. Raphael knows this, but uh, I don't eat animals. I haven't done that for a long time. All right, um, man. So, you're online. That's why we're talking. <laughs> Good frequency. Perfect. We got the same radio station. Yeah. You so, know, when you go uh, into frequencies, you know, you remember the old radios, you know. Uh, you probably remember the old radios where you could watch the dial move up, you know. Uh, where you can watch the dial move. Yeah, so you you tune in the radio, you go down to lower frequencies, and then you go up to the higher frequencies. And this is exactly what happens to our human body. So whether it's like good diet, um, good exercise, obviously, um, I'm presuming because you do uh, Kriya yoga and stuff, you're, you're doing more than just, you know, lacrosse. <laughs> um, yeah. So what is your kind of, it sounds like you have a very syncretic, a very kind of, um, I mean, I appreciate it. Very postmodern in a sense. Um, you know, you're using a lot of wisdom from a lot of places. What is your kind of uh, – what do you do? When you're saying you're like give someone a consultation, are you doing shamanism in the sense of like psychedelic stuffs? Are you helping no, people no, with their no, Reiki? No, no. Like what, what's the – It all depends. It all depends. You know, you know, it all depends on who comes. It's the first thing – the first thing we concentrate on is on, on the breath. And, and, you know, after the question is, what did you eat this morning? And then do I give the guy a tea or a coffee, you know? Uh, what do they want to drink or whatever? And it's, it's, in, it's a communication. It's a communication. Two radio stations are talking to each other without one word, yeah? Well, you know, through the training and stuff, I can scan someone, and I know their whole family history, their great-grandfather's history, all that, that whole shit is a download. It's a download, complete download. And uh, then I ask a couple of specific questions. So they're asking questions. They wanted to talk to me. A lot of times it's really, it's really, really crazy. Because a lot of, I just want to be alone most of the time, but it's not possible. It's, that sounds overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, you know, here there's a, in Vienna, there's a, uh, it's like a shopping street. It's like a, Open air shopping mall. It's called Maria Hilfestrasse, uh, and uh, would just go there sometimes to get something, or I was passing through, and I would sit down on a bench, yeah, have a smoke or something, and uh, in within five minutes, somebody sits next to me and starts telling me their life story, yeah? or there's ten kids standing there, or people are just. Uh, uh, Wait a minute! Uh, this thing was empty, and now there's twenty five, thirty people all around, and and what are they doing? It's just they feel a very neutral and secure space. 
The only thing is, is also in med medical Qigong, is this neutrality. Wherever it's neutral, just like coming to a tree, why do you sit under a tree? It's because it's neutral. Nothing can happen to you under a tree because it's neutral. It neutralizes, it keeps the, the, the balance. Uh, it's, it's just balance. There's no duality. And the longer you hold up no duality, it's very easy to have a conversation with someone. If he's caught up in some kind of duality uh, situation in his mind, in his life, or whatever, uh, <coughs> um, he, he does, just through our talk, speaking and, and certain comments that I make, uh, all of a sudden his duality disappears. Like a, a chemical philosopher's stone or something. Very cool. Um, so you're in Vienna now? No, I'm in Switzerland. Oh, what part? I lived there for a year. Um, Rheinfall. Okay, so German. I was down near Montreux, down um, off Lake Geneva. So um, I'm pretty far. I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side. I'm, I'm yeah. right near the German border and not too far away from Liechtenstein. That's what's up. Yeah, and it's like uh, the, the potency. Yeah, and uh, the there's a part of the, the Rhine comes from the Boden from Bodensee, and then there's a huge waterfall. It's really cool. We were there yesterday, and that's about twenty minute walk from my house where I am now. So, what are you doing in Europe? Like, I mean, I I, I want to get oh. back on the podcast and shoot the shit sometime if you're down because you're obviously no, pretty cool. So I. It's um, m working on a, um, a new education system, on an educational system, uh, and uh, also on the awakening of the indigenous Europe. Sounds like a, a very interesting calling. If you've had an interesting life, it ain't over yet. Um, Raphael, I've been talking the whole time. Do you have any kind of questions before we got a dip? I think it was a good introduction and uh, we'll just continue sometime. And I think it also was a great variety of topics. And since we could go down much further, any of those rabbit holes, <laughs> I think it's a, it was a good, you know, uh, first uh, appearance. It was a peace pipe moment, as they say. Yeah. Yo, man, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Let's go through something really easy. All right. Sure. Um, close your eyes. Say that again? Close your eyes. Okay, got it. All right. Now, breathe out until your lungs are empty. All right. Now, start breathing in extremely slow. Now, put a hand on top of your head. And right exactly in the middle of your skull, you feel like a hot fire. So as you breathe in, you're also breathing in through the top of your head and absorbing the prana, absorbing cosmic, cosmic uh, knowledge. You're in, in absorbing cosmic intelligence. And now you hold your breath as long as you just relax a little bit, take the pressure away, and just take a break, just take a pause. 
And the longer the pause is, the better the transmission you have in your physical body. It means everything you breathe in can go very slowly and very quality into your physical body. It's interesting that you say that. Um, and now we're going to. And now no, we're going to breathe out. Yeah. When you breathe out, anything that does not belong to you goes out. Yeah. And you say, and you feed the trees, and you feed the earth, because they breathe exactly that in. They need your waste to exist. like spirit farmers. No, it's cleaning your system. I can dig that. It's breathing in, charging all your batteries, getting a clean intelligence, and breathing out is just cleaning the garbage. So simple, but real medicine, for sure. Uh, it's funny, well, that's I don't... That's where it starts. Right, that's the it, beginning. It, it goes a lot further than that. We can talk about the, you know, what is... You know, the, the first question was, what is medicine? This is where it starts, the first breath in the morning, and the first spiritual, uh, political, uh, you know, the highest politics is, is your politics with yourself, and only with yourself. And then you get out of bed and you start the politics with the outside world. And that's enough to start off with, you know, that's enough to start off with. A first practice to start off with the medicine of the breath and start off with the medicine of, of democracy to the outside world. And that's the world that you create. So everyone wakes up in the morning and they're all creating wars, they're creating this, they're all watching TV, what are they doing? They're getting into all this negative stuff, they're killing and killing and killing, going into ignorance, they're swimming in a huge, huge, huge ocean of, of ignorance. And existing as a as a really low frequency mud pile that's just running around doing something without like a golem, right? They do have a consciousness. The consciousness is is the life that is under the earth. It's the same life. Uh, I don't know if you ever put your you walk walk through a swamp. You know, you walk through a swamp without boots and without jeans. You know, you walk through a swamp naked. How many creatures are going to want to eat you up? That's a very uh, interesting analogy. Um, yeah, but Thomas, what happens with the people when they wake up in the morning and they got all kinds of stupid thinking? They're thinking exactly like the animals that want to kill you in the swamp. The leeches and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, worse. Ducks. Microorganism worms. Okay, okay. Uh, all, there's millions of little creatures that just want to take your body apart. That's the only job, is to... Um, you know, uh, drive to, de to feed the microorganisms, and they just they 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 eat everything. You know, that does not have a, does that is not um, in the cycle of uh, growth. Dare I say they're very black dogish, <laughs> Thomas? I, we, I we say the law of fertility. If you do not fulfill the law of fertility, fertility is going to turn you into a production anyway. The law of fertility is either you grow up and you feed the tree or you go down and you feed the roots and the roots feed the bacteria, the roots feed the worms, the roots feed the pilt, you know, the mushrooms, 
roots feed, they give the sugars for everything that exists underneath the earth, right? And, and so all these uh, creatures that never seen the sunlight are living under the earth. And that's where a lot of the people are in their consciousness because the whole body is like a sw- is, is a un- under underground swamp. Yeah? And that's why they're always going to the doctor, getting the pills. That's where 80% of all human diseases are formed. Hopefully that tide can change in the near future, given the yuga and the work you're doing, given these kinds of conversations. Um, we have right, another man. guest, so we we got to dip. But, uh, Thomas, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll have to get you back on here again. Is there any kind of parting thoughts we'll put? Uh, like if you have a website or anything like that, Rafael, we'll be sure to put that in the uh, description. But um, any last words right, for the this moment, first uh, meeting? Work, I'm working on the new website over here with the projects that we're working on and stuff, but it's not ready to be, be online. But uh, Rafi, um, Rafi, give him the you know connection to the Facebook page, you know, and and you can give him my uh, 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 yeah, we can get connected on on Messenger. Sure, you know, people that want to contact me personally, we go up to Messenger, and then we can do a do that with information, go to Telegram or somewhere else, and go deeper. That's what's up. I'll definitely be hitting you up. You're cool as fuck, Rafael. Thanks for getting him on here, um, y'all. Uh, Let's reawaken the wisdom that was already there. Let's get out of that ignorant mode. Um, Thomas, wait a minute. Go back to your indigenous roots, okay? Get physical, okay? Go back to your indigenous roots. You touch your bones, man, and you you you're touching. You were touching the stone of the planet. You're you're connected. Your indigenous roots are being one with all the elements on Earth and being your own creator. And you create your own reality. You know. So that that's that's really be by your. That's a lot of responsibility to learn. Yeah, so breathing, the politics, and this, we start like that, and then we go up to the next time. If you want to chat again, just just ask me another question. This question was, what's medicine, right? That's only the first part of what's medicine is. We can talk about other stuff like what trees are good, what plants are good, how do we prepare this, how do we do other stuff like that. You know, we can get into that stuff too. So just, Nick, you know, if you want, we can do a series, you know. I'm totally down. Raphael, I'm sure, is down too. We'll keep in touch and we'll get you back on here ASAP and do some kind of Team Rabbit Hole, like holistic curriculum awareness, yeah. indigenous awareness curriculum or something like that. It sounds like a lot of fun. And um, yeah, back, I mean, back to the bones. <laughs> back to the bones. <laughs> bones and stones. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, Thomas, thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, um, Raphael, cool, man. Any made a lot of thoughts? Fun. Yeah. yeah, dude, thanks again. Are you in New Jersey right now? Where are you at? No, I live in Colorado. Up in, uh, up, I'm surrounded by a bunch of fourteen thousand foot mountains. Up in um, Buena Vista is what it's called. But yeah, uh, Vista, that's a cool place. I love it. Oh, you've been? Yeah, yes, sure, man. Um, in 1977, I did like a road tour from New York to California, and I stayed four months in Colorado. Oh yeah, you get the idea. Yeah, it's a really it's in the Arkansas River Valley, so pretty Come on, cool place. Boulder, Boulder Falls and the whole place down there, and up on Pikes Peak and all that other shit. You know, uh, it's a lot. It's a cool place. Uh, there's really funny places, uh, and there's a lot of really good communities and stuff. There's a lot of really cool um, earth ships and stuff. Colorado is really cool. I love it. I'm glad you appreciate it. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more, and I'll like I'll hit you up on Facebook. I do appreciate you giving us your time, though, Thomas. So yeah, have a cool, good evening. Man. Talk to you later. Thank you so much. No, everyone, know that no. self. Enjoy yourselves. Mm-hmm.
Talk, 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 talk,